Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about hemolytic anemia. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash hemolytic anemia or in the hematology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Hemolytic anemia is where there is destruction of red blood cells and destruction of red blood cells is called hemolysis. And this hemolysis leads to a low hemoglobin count, which we call anemia. There are a number of inherited conditions that can cause the red blood cells to be more fragile and break down faster than normal. And this leads to a chronic hemolytic anemia. And there's also a number of acquired conditions that lead to increased breakdown of red blood cells and hemolytic anemia. Firstly, let's talk about the inherited hemolytic anemias. And there's five you need to remember. Hereditary spherocytosis, hereditary elliptocytosis, thalassemia, sickle cell anemia, and G6PD deficiency. Then there's five acquired hemolytic anemias that you need to remember. Autoimmune hemolytic anemia, alloimmune hemolytic anemia, and these are transfusion reactions and hemolytic disease of the newborn, paroxysmal nocturnal hemoglobinuria, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, and prosthetic valve-related hemolysis. So the features of hemolytic anemia to start with, and they're all the result of the breakdown of red blood cells. So the first one is anemia. So this is due to reduction in circulating blood cells. Splenomegaly, and this is the spleen becoming enlarged because it's filled with all the destroyed remnants of red blood cells. And jaundice, And this is because bilirubin is released during the destruction of red blood cells. So some key investigations. The first is a full blood count, which will show a normocytic anemia. So these are normal sized red blood cells. A blood film, which shows schistocytes. And schistocytes is something you need to remember for your exams. This means fragments of red blood cells. And a direct Coombs test is positive in autoimmune hemolytic anemia. So remember, direct Coombs test is the test of choice for autoimmune hemolytic anemia. So let's go through each one of those causes that we've already listed in turn to explain what they are and how we typically manage them. So the first is hereditary spherocytosis. And hereditary spherocytosis is the most common inherited hemolytic anemia in northern Europeans. It's an autosomal dominant condition and it causes sphere-shaped red blood cells. And these are more fragile and break down easier when passing through the spleen compared to their normal donut-shaped red blood cells in patients without the condition. It typically presents with jaundice, gallstones, splenomegaly, and notably they get aplastic crisis in the presence of parvovirus. It's diagnosed by family history and clinical features with spherocytes on the blood film the mean corpuscular hemoglobin concentration, or MCHC, is raised on a full blood count. And this is because the circular or sphere-shaped red blood cells can carry more hemoglobin than a normal red blood cell. You'll also find the reticular sites, which remember are slightly immature red blood cells, will be raised, and this is due to the rapid turnover of blood cells because of the chronic hemolysis. Treatment is with folate supplementation, and splenectomy, and the splenectomy helps to take away that filter that breaks down the red blood cells so that they last longer. 
Removal of the gallbladder, which is called a cholecystectomy, may also be required if gallstones are a problem. The next condition to talk about is hereditary elliptocytosis. And hereditary elliptocytosis is very similar to hereditary spherocytosis, except that the red blood cells are an ellipse shape instead of a sphere shape. It's also autosomal dominant, and the presentation and the management are very similar to hereditary spherocytosis. The next one is G6PD deficiency. And this is a condition where there's a defect in the red blood cell enzyme called G6PD. It's more common in Mediterranean and African patients, and it's an X-linked recessive condition. So it usually only affects males. This condition causes crises that are triggered by things like infections, medications, and fava beans, which are broad beans. It presents with jaundice, which is usually present in the neonatal period, and they can also get gallstones, anemia, splenomegaly, and Heinz bodies on the blood film. Diagnosis can be made using a G6PD enzyme assay, and it's important to remember the medications that can trigger hemolysis, and these are primaquine, which is an antimalarial, ciprofloxacin, sulfonylureas, sulfasalazine, and other sulfonamide drugs. So these are drugs that are important to avoid in patients with G6PD deficiency because they'll cause hemolysis. A quick Tom tip, the key piece of knowledge that you need to remember for your exams with regard to G6PD deficiency relates to the triggers. In your exams, look out for a patient that turns jaundice and becomes anemic after eating broad beans or developing an infection or being treated with antimalarials. The underlying diagnosis here might be G6PD deficiency. Next, we'll talk about autoimmune hemolytic anemia. And autoimmune hemolytic anemia occurs when antibodies are created against the patient's red blood cells. And these antibodies lead to destruction of red blood cells. There are two types which are based on the temperature at which the autoantibodies cause destruction of red blood cells. The warm type autoimmune hemolytic anemia is more common and this is where hemolysis occurs at normal or above normal temperatures and this is usually idiopathic meaning that it arises without a clear cause. Then there's the cold type autoimmune hemolytic anemia which is also called cold agglutinin disease and this is where at lower temperatures typically less than 10 degrees the autoantibodies against red blood cells attach themselves to the red blood cells and cause them to clump together. And this is called agglutination, when all the red blood cells are stuck together. This agglutination results in destruction of the red blood cells as the immune system is activated against them and they get filtered and destroyed in the spleen. Cold-type autoimmune hemolytic anemia often occurs secondary to other conditions like lymphoma, leukemia, systemic lupus erythematosus, and infections like mycoplasma, EBV, CMV, and HIV. Briefly, the management of autoimmune hemolytic anemia involves blood transfusions to keep the patient from getting too anemic where they have a cardiac arrest or other complications, treatment with steroids, particularly prednisolone, to dampen down the immune system, Rituximab can be used, which is a monoclonal antibody against B cells, so they destroy the B cells that are creating those antibodies against red blood cells. 
and splenectomy can be useful as well. Next, let's talk about alloimmune hemolytic anemia. An alloimmune hemolytic anemia occurs where there's either foreign red blood cells, which are circulating in the patient's blood and causing an immune reaction that destroys those red blood cells, or there is a foreign antibody circulating in their blood that acts against their own red blood cells and causes hemolysis. The two scenarios where this occurs are transfusion reactions and hemolytic disease of the newborn. So first, in hemolytic transfusion reactions, the red blood cells that are transfused into the patient creates an immune response. So the immune system produces antibodies against the antigens on those foreign red blood cells. This creates an immune response that leads to destruction of those red blood cells and a hemolytic anemia. The second scenario is hemolytic disease of the newborn, and this is where there's antibodies that cross the placenta from the mother into the fetus. And in the fetus, those maternal antibodies target antigens on the red blood cells of the fetus. And this causes destruction of the red blood cells in the fetus or the neonate. The next condition to talk about is paroxysmal nocturnal hemoglobinuria. Paroxysmal nocturnal hemoglobinuria is a rare condition that occurs where a specific genetic mutation in the hematopoietic stem cells in the bone marrow occurs during the patient's lifetime. So at some point during their life, a mutation occurs in these stem cells in the bone marrow. This specific mutation results in a loss of proteins on the surface of red blood cells that inhibit the complement cascade. Remember the complement cascade activates on the surface of cells and leads to their destruction. So the loss of protection against the complement system results in activation of this cascade and destruction of the red blood cells. The characteristic presentation is red urine in the morning that contains haemoglobin and haemosiderin. The patient becomes anemic due to the haemolysis and they're also predisposed to thrombosis like DVTs, PEs and hepatic vein thrombosis and also smooth muscle dystonia. So this is things like esophageal spasm and erectile dysfunction. Management is with a monoclonal antibody called eclizumab or with bone marrow transplantation. So this eclizumab is a monoclonal antibody that targets the complement component C5. So it suppresses the complement system. Bone marrow transplantation can be curative because you're replacing those defective hematopoietic stem cells. The next condition is microangiopathic hemolytic anemia or MAHA, M-A-H-A. And MAHA is where the small blood vessels have structural abnormalities that causes hemolysis of the blood cells that travel through them. So imagine a mesh or a sieve inside the small blood vessels that are shredding the red blood cells as they pass through. This is usually secondary to an underlying condition like hemolytic uremic syndrome, disseminated intravascular coagulopathy which occurs in sepsis, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura or TTP, systemic lupus erythematosus or SLE or cancer. The final type of hemolytic anemia we're going to talk about is prosthetic valve hemolysis. Hemolytic anemia is a key complication of prosthetic heart valves, particularly metallic valve replacements, but they can also occur in bioprosthetic valves. 
It's caused by turbulence around the valve and collision of red blood cells with the implanted valve. Basically, the valve churns up the cells and they break down. Management involves monitoring, supplementing with oral iron, blood transfusions if it becomes severe, and revision surgery might be required in severe cases. So thanks for listening to this episode on hemolytic anemia. If you found it helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other podcast episode topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. It's got detailed and concise notes on 10 specialties in medicine, and it's specifically designed to contain the key facts and guidelines you need for your medical exams. If you don't fancy picking up a copy, you can find everything that's in the book and more, including videos, illustrations, and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com. And I hope you tune in to the next episode, which will be about thalassemia.